Apocalypse is now the comedy commentary podcast where we look at apocalypse movies and watch the end of the world over and over again. I'm Ron. I'm Morgan. And we are looking today. Morgan, why don't you tell them the movie we're looking at today? That we, we're looking. Oh at boy, today. getting off to a good start. Thank you for explaining the concept, Ron. Uh, not just for our many, many listeners, but also for me because we haven't recorded in 70 billion years. Give or take. Um, just a little bit. Uh, we watched Don't Look Up, that yeah. classic, classic caper from um, the faraway year of 2021, right? Yep. Directed yeah. by Adam McKay, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence. Who else was in this movie? Oh Meryl Streep, so Jonah people. Hill. Stack cast. Uh, Mark Ariana Rylance Grande. as one of the most uh, disturbing people I've ever seen portrayed on screen, maybe. Yeah. Um, not disturbing, just uncomfortable. Yeah, un- uh, yeah, unsettling. Not good to spend time with. Who else? Uh, Kid Cudi. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There were some other cameos. Tyler Perry and Cl- Kate Blanchett. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Real, uh, real stacked up cast here. Timothy Chalamet, my Timothy boy. Timothy Chalamet my angel. as our boy. Ah, oh, favorite character in the whole movie. Uh, um, anyone, Ron Perlman. Oh yeah, uh, as a as a not great guy, <laughs> as a big racist. Yeah, it's a it's quite a cast. Oh, Himesh Patel, who? I know you know him. Did oh yeah, he him? was in the he was yeah. in the Beatles movie, wasn't he? The one uh, where the, everybody forgets yes. that the Beatles ever existed. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also Rob Morgan. Oh yes, 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 yes. For those of you who have not seen the movie, here's a quick premise for you. Jennifer Lawrence plays a PhD student astronomer. Astronomer. Uh, yeah. Astrology. Okay, I was I was worried. I said astrologist. <laughs> <laughs> the constant fear. Uh huh. And she discovers a comet. And at first, their celebration, like, oh, this is such a good thing for your thesis or whatever. But her and Leo quickly find out the comet is on a direct course for Earth, and it yes. will end everything. And that is the basic premise of the movie. Morgan, did you know much about the movie going into it? Like, I knew a little it? bit. I mean, it was such a part of the cultural zeitgeist i feel like for a little while after it uh after it came out and i'll say what i think a lot of people have said which is just a real mixed bag i'd say yeah. that was kind of i feel like both of our first reactions after seeing it was just like a real mixed bag and one of those movies that i feel like you watch and you go that could have been really good yeah you know and there are like moments of brilliance but like it could have been really good but it just didn't quite get there I feel like the talent in the movie was weirdly used. I just feel like (laughs) they weren't brought. Kate Blanchett, she was fun to watch. Timothy Chalamet and Kate Blanchett, I think they were given cool roles that were fun. And I don't really usually, it's not in their usual wheelhouse. I don't Yes. No, yeah, it was definitely very different for Kate Blanchett. And I love her. I've loved her in everything I've ever seen her in. So there's this whole plot point in the movie where Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Dr. Mindy, goes on this talk show, which is hosted by Kate Blanchett and Tyler Perry, uh, and he becomes like America's bae, <laughs> to use a very outdated term. But like he becomes the, like the, the, the sexy doctor on the news. No offense to Leo DiCaprio, none at all. But I do think at this point in his life, if he were not already a movie star, I would not look at him on the street and go, oh, my God, that man is the sexiest man I've ever seen. And they purposefully made him look nerdy for this movie, which is like not to say that, like, maybe everybody in America would be into nerdy Leo DiCaprio in his 40s. Maybe I'm totally wrong. But when they made it, I was like if you didn't already know that was Leo DiCaprio, would that really be the reaction to this person? I, I see what's going on here. To give everyone some context, Morden made it to round two of casting for Dr. Mindy and was very <laughs> upset. Very upset when Look, they passed him over I'm just saying there is somebody who was obviously sexy. Who they and believably have, nerdy. And believably nerdy that they could have cast. I'm not going to say who that was. 
I heard you do the pages. I think you did a good job. You're just not, you don't, you're not Leo. You know what? Whatever. People have been telling me that all my life, unprompted. They just walk up to me and they say, you know what? You're not Leo DiCaprio. And I'm like, I fucking know. Right? <laughs> it's enough already. You just shot yourself in the foot, my friend. If this podcast ever makes it, all the fans, when they see you in public, they'll be like, you're not Leo. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be like, you know what? You're not Leo DiCaprio. We'll make sure Um, those will be our first first shirts. I'll say I could still see it because I I feel like when someone says they're an astronomer, the general public will have some idea in their heads and then of what they look like. And if you see Leo, I think that'll generally be antithetical to what you imagined. So... Mm -hmm. He's also generally like a handsome, like he's still handsome, but I get what you're saying. Maybe I just have a different, I, I, I don't know. I guess I just don't see the, see the, I don't see the immediate appeal of a Leo at this point in his life, but that's just me, I guess. I'm just jealous. I think the thing that I took away from that, that could still contributed positively to my experience is that the public fixated on the wrong thing. Yes. Yes. They, true. Uh, Which is the point. What happens in this scene, folks? Uh, spoilers for Don't Look Up. If you haven't listened to any of our podcasts, we freely talk about these movies. So if you don't want spoilers, don't listen. But uh, what happens is that Leo and uh, Jennifer Lawrence, these two astronomers who discovered the comet, go on a morning talk show to tell the public about the comet because they feel it's their like civic duty to warn everyone what's coming. But because it's a morning talk show, these talk show hosts are very vapid. They're not substantial, substantive at all. And they just want to spin it positive and not really take it serious. It's headed directly at Earth. And it really likely will hit. This sounds very, very exciting. Exploding stars. Like stars actually explode. So um, how big is this thing? Could it like destroy someone's house? Is that possible? It's somewhere between six and nine kilometers across. So it's big. It would damage the the entire planet, not just a house, no. The entire planet, okay, well, as it's damaging, will it hit this one house in particular that's right on the coast of New Jersey, it's my ex-wife's house, I need it to be hit. Can we make that happen? So as the audience are like, dear God, please, public, take it seriously, you're gonna fucking die. Yeah. But afterwards, all people can talk about is Jennifer Lawrence's quote unquote freaked out. Um, Well, it's, um, you know, just something we do around here. You know, we just keep the bad news light. Right, it helps the medicine go down. And speaking of medicine, tomorrow we've got a two-part... Well, maybe the destruction of the entire planet isn't supposed to be fun. Maybe it's supposed to be terrifying and unsettling. Please don't do that. And you should stay up all night, every night, crying. When we're all 100% for sure gonna fucking die! And how hot Leonardo DiCaprio is, which feels accurate but is frustrating as hell i don't think it was wrong about the way that media deals with stuff but it was pretty like one-dimensional and not in a way that obviously when you're trying to do satire part of what you're trying to do is like distill things down to their most basic element to just like show the essence of like what this thing is doing but it felt just a little bit like media huh man like society am i right like it it felt it just felt a little bit simplistic it's almost like they needed to be even more ridiculous with it or less they were like caught in the middle because if we want to talk about the ways in which media can be shitty i think that in that kind of situation the way in which the media could be shitty could be also to totally try to freak freak everybody out and have like meteor watch and have like every station is just covering the media meteor 24 7 because that's all people want to hear about and like it just like goes on and on and is not helpful in that way like it is not the same kind of thing as a climate change which is this issue that is very dire but doesn't feel immediate which is part of the problem with why media doesn't want to doesn't have as much fun covering it because it is not like oh here's this clear and present danger that like we can see and talk about um but it's not actionable reporting yeah, that you yeah, can do exactly um, um it's the procrastinator's apocalypse for sure yeah, yeah yeah um but i mean you could also argue that that's that 
is how you can make that meteor metaphor work is it's like look i'm looking at it i can see it like it's happening i can prove it and yet still nobody believes you like what was what was your perception of like the treatment of media and and the and and like how much you sort of bought it you know the their concept of like how this thing would play out well i'm feeling a lot i'm feeling very similar for this kind of parable that's going on here to to when we watch invasion of body snatchers because there's this group of people who are like am i fucking crazy or is something going on here mm -hmm. and everyone else in the world is like you're nothing's happening you're fine and you're like, really? I'm the only one who thinks something is wrong. I'm looking at this body snatcher. I'm looking right. at this comet. And right. you're telling me nothing is wrong? And as an audience member, that's an in intensely frustrating feeling because you're, yeah. you're in the shoes of those people. You're like, I see you. I believe you. But honestly, in real life, I see headlines all the time about comets and asteroids and stuff. And they're usually wrong. But if, yeah. if, if freaking uh, Dr. Mindy came on the news and did what he did, genuinely i would disregard it i'd be like eh. or if he put out official looking mm -hmm. papers i'd mm -hmm. take a look yeah but there's so the problem the problem nowadays is that there's always apocalypse grabbing headlines they're like right and a, a lot of them are true right. like climate change or brink of nuclear warfare or whatever but there's a lot that's also not true yeah. because of like cults that are predicting the end of the world yeah so yeah i i felt like i was waffling back and forth on that line of like oh this is ridiculous to oh man i'm i guess i'm no better yeah but it like it, it couldn't it it kind of couldn't pick which place it wanted to live in do you know what i mean there's a, there's a blend of like earnestness and satire that you're talking about and it's it just kind of evens out to this weird neutral place yeah, 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 exactly. And also, you know what? Let's just get this one out of the way because we were both talking about it the entire time we were watching the movie. It's too long. Oh, way too long. It was too damn long. This fucking thing's almost three hours long, folks. I am, Honestly, I think this would have been great as a short film because yeah. I'm going to go ahead and zoom to the end right now. There's a clock to the whole film, like we mentioned earlier. Six months, 14 days, whatever, until the comet comes. So we're slowly approaching it. At the end of the movie, this, this very beautiful, touching scene where Dr. Mindy invites everyone over to his home to make amends with his wife, to have dinner with these last few group of people that he cares about. Mm -hmm. And a comet is coming and it starts to destroy everything. And they're just kind of reflecting on what it's like to live and what they're grateful for. The thing of it is, is we, we really, we really did have everything, didn't we? I mean, when you think about it this horrifying moment of everything around them being obliterated into black and they have this great ending line dr mindy says something like you know we really had everything didn't we or something i think it i think that's close to what the line was which is was really beautiful and like i was even after having been sort of like eh, about the movie up to that point i was like moved by that ending if they had just put that as the last 15 minutes of a 40 minute short film where the first 25 minutes are them discovering the comet and going through the news cycle and no one noticing or taking heed and their fail their attempts being failed or whatever. I think that would be doubly as effective because yeah. so much of the movie as it is right now is them waffling around and you're kind of like, what's, what's happening right now? Are they, they're trying to blow up the comet. They're trying to tell the people what's, what's happening. Yeah. Somehow you ended up with a movie that was too long and spent just enough time on characterization for you to want more, but still not giving you, but then not giving you enough, even though it was a long movie. They, they give you sort of like the intimations of like character arcs and stuff, but they, but they don't super follow through on them. There's this whole infidelity storyline with Dr. Mindy. Oh my God. June, what, what uh, what are you doing here, sweetie? Had a feeling something was going on and... Well, you know, we're, we're discussing important business. I mean, that's what we're doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's really very important. Oh, can we just skip past this part, please? You know, where you get to feel self-righteous and we put our tails between our legs. It is just so boring. Oh, it's so boring. You want to skip the part where, where you feel bad for screwing my husband? 
which like, man, I like hated Dr. Mindy like halfway through the movie. And he, you know, he kind of redeemed himself by the end, um, which is fine. Like you can have a character that goes through a character arc where you end up hating them for a little bit and then they sort of redeem themselves. That's that's totally cool. But I felt like you never you never got enough of that storyline to really draw the through line. Um, but you got just enough of it where you're just like, okay, is this a storyline that I'm supposed to want to follow? You know? So I feel like Anthony Fauci watched this movie and was like, exactly. You, you get me. You this get is it. so well, accurate. This, this is the thing though. Like so many climate change scientists, for instance, have come out being like, this movie is exactly what it feels like to me. The people who are actually going through it were like, yes. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. Maybe uh, I think you said when we were watching the movie, like, are people in the future going to appreciate this more than we do right now? Like, is it just too close to it? Well, I mean, here's the reason we still talk about a modest proposal is because it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, a modest proposal was a satire written during the time of the Irish potato famine where they're like, Hey, we're running out of food. Let's eat our fucking babies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like you've said with don't look up, it just, Okay, I'm going to be a vessel for the people right now. We, <laughs> the people, are tired. The world's always ending and it's not. The world's always fine and it's not. I should be doing this and I should be doing that. I should be recycling everything and I should be conserving my water. And oh no, like the nicotine industry and my car isn't electric, so I'm a bad person and all of this and all of this. And don't get me wrong, we have to be doing what we can to save our fucking planet and all of that. But God damn it, I am tired. We, the yeah. people are tired we so the people are tired <laughs> i bang my do, gavel sir you declare <laughs> so when there's a movie like this it's hard to say just yeah. as a movie is this good because yeah. i watch it and i feel even more tired yeah i think in general it felt sort of like people are stupid i feel like you have to have something more to say than just like people are dumb why don't you pay attention you stupid idiots here's what i think could have solved it I think if it wasn't an ensemble movie and if it more closely followed Jennifer Lawrence's character. Yeah. Because this entire time throughout the movie, I was waiting for them to tap into this and they never really did. So Jennifer Lawrence found the comet, right? So that means it was named after her. Uh, what was it? Comet Dabowski? Deb yeah, something like that. Comet Lebowski. The big Comet Lebowski. The big Lebowski. <laughs> the big Lebowski's <laughs> coming. Everybody, get ready. Uh, and that alone is such an interesting situation to be in. Like, oh, the thing that's gonna kill our world is named after me. What the fuck? Yeah. If we really focused on her perspective of like trying to tell the world and being disregarded and being unbelieved and being ridiculed. I think that could have been a a lot yeah. more moving, a lot more personal, well, a better and I, entryway. I think, again, that the movie had to make a choice, and it tried to have it both ways. It needed to make a choice either to be broad ensemble satire or character-driven um, storyline, because it like tried to do both. It tried to do the Dr. Mindy storyline and the Jennifer Lawrence storyline, um, and it never really got to focus on either because it was also trying to do the ensemble thing. Um, I think uh, if you yeah. want, wanted to do ensemble, the way I would think it would have been really funny if is, is if they had all these different characters, gave them a little more relatively equal weight between them and treated it like a rude Goldberg machine. Yeah. Like everyone finds out the world's going to end and they each set out on different paths and we don't know how, but we get this sinking feeling over the course of the movie that at the end, they're all going to cross paths and something's going to happen that is fucking cool or awesome or terrible or weird right before the world ends. Yeah. Um, and which it kind, it like kind of approaches that now with the dinner in the house, but not really. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, what re really made me want to do is it made me want to watch network. Have you ever, do you know the movie Network? Brian, I know Brian Cranston was in the Broadway version. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But there was a scene in, I haven't seen the whole mo movie, um, but there's a very famous scene in Network where there's this news anchor who I think has been like doing the news for many, many years. And then eventually he, he like gets fired and he knows that this is going to be his last broadcast. And he like sort of has a nervous breakdown. 
And so he comes on the news and just sort of delivers this tirade about the state of the world. And he sort of becomes this like Messiah figure. And it has a reputation as like being one of the best like social satires uh, of the of the modern age. And I felt like they were trying to sort of do that moment with Dr. Mindy, like when he finally like breaks down in the latter half of the movie and he's like yelling on TV as a viewer, I was like, thank God he's finally grown a spine. But at the same time, I like, it didn't feel satisfying to me because I never really saw the progression of his character to that moment. We only got like bits and snippets. So I didn't really feel like emotionally what had led to specifically that moment. So it didn't have the all the power that I think that moment could have had. The way they handled it, I think they could have done it well. I didn't find his uh, slow story of corruption and redemption that interesting. No. Well, again, uh, it would have been more interesting if they'd actually done it, you know, if they'd actually really followed it. But even then, like, I don't know if it's a storyline in of itself that really interests me all that much. So much of this movie wasn't about the apocalypse. Right? Mm-hmm. It was about media. It's about yeah. paranoia. It was about capitalism. Yeah. It's about corporation corporations because yep. of fucking mark rylance i mean sorry not oh, right his cool. character his we character haven't, we haven't even gotten started on mark rylance <laughs> and i just think they really needed to choose something yeah. yeah like focus on the the dread of the apocalypse focus on the fear and panic or focus on like everyone the, the politics of it focus on this but they tried to do it all which is admirable it's ambitious yeah. it's cool i just don't think it worked yeah i you know what this makes me think of is i remember reading something a while back about like different types of storytelling and that there is character driven storytelling, but then there is also like society driven storytelling or like political storytelling. Interesting. And I think the, the article about it was talking about it in the context of game of Thrones and sort of positing that part of the reason why it stopped working as a show was because up to a certain point, it was, societal storytelling it was telling things in a big picture it was about larger systems it was about larger political machinations and then sort of at the point i think when they didn't have source material to draw from anymore it became more character driven storytelling and that Mm -hmm. those things Mm -hmm. just like didn't really match up so like since you didn't have the other mm-hmm. thing anymore, it felt unsatisfying. And I, I think that's sort of like the choice that they had to make in this movie too, is like they could have told a story about systems or they could have told a story about characters and they tried to do both and I don't think they really did either. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I see what's happening here. To give you guys some context, uh, Morden was passed over after round two for Jon Snow <laughs> in Game of Thrones for Kit Harington. He was really upset about that one. Um, yeah, I was really obs- mad. <clears throat> Game of Thrones sucks, man. Morton, fucking, it's a good show. You gotta admit that. It fucking sucks, man. Fucking Benioff and Weiss. More like fucking Jack Me Off and Not Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never gonna get hired in this industry, man. <laughs> this podcast is the nail in my coffin. One. All right, so let's talk about our beautiful boy, Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. Um, yeah. Best character in the whole movie. Uh, yeah, by far. Just like kind of a cool stoner dude who's just like good-natured and also religious. Nice to meet you. I'm Yule. Yule. I'm a Fire Puma 142 on Twitch. You game? And like says a prayer before the final dinner. So good. He's very wholesome. And he both feels like wise beyond his years but also really young yeah yeah, yeah at the yeah. same time which is an occupy interesting space to occupy yeah, for sure but i can't help but always wonder when i look at his face like why are you handsome <laughs> like <laughs> so so this little known fact ron was actually passed over for the role of um, <laughs> uh timothy chalamet in this movie um no just timothy chalamet yeah no not period. for the like character, our souls not for the character yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, Before we were born, my soul was like, hey, I really want that body. Please give it to me, God. <laughs> no, he is a sickly little boy, isn't he? <laughs> kind of like, 
like in another time he'd be called a waif. Yes, he is waifish for sure, for sure. I think that's the appeal. I mean, I I, I see it. This is the this is honest. I think I want to see him in in more roles like this because I feel like he very quickly got like slotted into the like serious actor road i think that's great and he think he does great at it from what i've seen i haven't seen him in a lot of movies but i want to see him as more just like just a goofy dude you know what i mean because he seems like he's a goofy dude and i want to see more goofy dude timothy i'm gonna we're gonna i'm gonna name some things and you're gonna tell me if you think timothy Chalamet could beat it in a fight ready big rock no pop tart yes demon no bowl of mac and cheese It'll be close, but yes. Like, yes, he could yeah. beat it? Kid holding bowl of mac and cheese. Nah, no, no way. The Kraft mac and cheese dinosaur, the outdated mascot. No. Tom Holland. Ooh, ah, no. Tom Holland, he's little, but he's a beefy boy. Do you think Timothy Chalamet could beat up me holding a bowl of mac and cheese? No, not in a million years. <laughs> Thanks, Morgan. You're welcome. Without the bowl of mac and cheese? He's going to whip your ass. Because everyone knows that uh, garlic to vampires, mac and cheese to Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> he just can't he can't take it. It's too much. Get it away. Is that, is that cheese sauce over <sighs> macaroni pasta? I can see him That's being my a, Timothy Chalamet Do you think impression. he'll ever play a vampire? God, if he doesn't, I'll flip out. Right? He's born for it. What is Willy Wonka if not this a benevolent true. candy vampire? Man. It's got like a good cast and some good crew behind it, but there is very few concepts I am less interested in seeing than Willy Wonka's origin story. Really? He's he's the whole point of his character is that he's mysterious. I don't want to know what he did as a kid. You wouldn't be less interested to see the prequel to Don't Look Up. Well, I definitely just be normal less life. <laughs> just normal life on Earth. <laughs> But look up if you want. <laughs> look up, I guess. We got treated in a post-credit scene of all things to to a to a Meryl Streep butt shot, which was interesting. Everybody's naked in the post-credit scene, which is, by the way, a uh, incredibly bad post-credit scene and kind of ruins the ending. But yeah, I was like, oh, what? Hello, hello, Meryl. I was upset we didn't see some Mark Rylance ass. I know, right? In that moment. How about Mark Rylance in that movie, man? He's a very good actor in that he made mm-hmm. me want to shuffle off my skin. I couldn't watch his character. So for the audience, Mark Rylance plays a tech CEO who is like the third richest man in the world. He basically owns like Google and Tesla and Microsoft combined. Uh, and his role in the movie is that he di- he like prevents the world from destroying the comet because there's valuable minerals on it. And he's like, if we blow it up, we can save the world and make a ton of money. But he says it with the emotion of a robot. Yeah. Uh, but that's a it's good not... good portrayal on Mark's part. Yeah. No, he like he went for it. All power to him. Extremely uncomfortable to watch. He accomplished a, the a, goal, man. Like he he yeah. he did it. I mean, mission accomplished. I did not like that person. All of my life's work, really, I see, has been driven by an inexpressible need for a friend who would understand and soothe me. And and you know now, all those years of work have come to fruition with Bash Life, our new Bash fourteen point three uh, phone is fully integrated into your every feeling and desire without you needing to say one single word i have a weird conspiracy theory in my head now because i also had the displeasure of seeing the film ready player one like four years ago and he plays an aged tech ceo in that movie (laughs) and i go hmm mark is there something you want to tell us an audience you're sympathetic to perhaps or not sympathetic to because you're trying to make them seem as weird and creepy as possible (laughs) Okay, you know what? Bits I did like. Bits I did like. I liked the... <laughs> what? You're <laughs> just so declarative. You're like, here is the list of boys I have a crush on at school. Tommy, Robbie, Malik, when he wears that one jacket. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, the... Uh... General charging for snacks bit I really like. There's a recurring joke okay. where like yeah. a general meets them at the White House in the beginning and he comes out with snacks and he's like this 
his like 20 bucks or whatever and they pay him and then they find out the snacks were free and then jennifer lawrence just keeps commenting on it throughout the rest of the movie she's like and the snacks were free the snacks are free what the general he charged us for the snacks but they're free oh gosh maybe he just gets off on the power you know like any kind of power it's like he knew eventually that I was going to find out that the snacks were free. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was just like a power play. Yeah, you guys are weird. That was a really good bit. He's, yeah. Like, he's a five-star general. <laughs> he, he doesn't need the money. Why were... Yeah. I, I, wish th- I wish the movie had had like more of those types of bits that were just sort of like more absurdist. Like, why would that even happen? Why would you do that? I think that would have been fun. You know who did a great job? The Comet. Really believed it. Oh my it. God. Really so believable. And I, yeah, it was, I, I it, hear they went method. When it finally showed up in the third act, I was like, there it is. That's the performance of a lifetime right there. Oscar worthy. Hi, I'm the <laughs> Comet. <laughs> I will be ending all life on Earth. Is this a shoes off household? Or? <laughs> is this a shoes off? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I forgot to take my shoes off. What? What? Who's that? I don't know. I like bugs. <laughs> Daryl? I like bugs and I like cooking burritos. They're, they're safe. Would you like one? A bug or a burrito? Ah. <laughs> yeah. If someone tries to take your burrito... Or or your bugs. I've lost the voice, so I'm just going to go all over the place. Oh, God. He's changing. He's evolving. He's changed me. Hello. I'm the nuclear genie. I'm here to to grant uh, all your wishes. And by all your wishes, I mean one particular wish, which is for nuclear war. Wish for war. Wish he just bothers you every day. Wish it, come on, it, wish for it. war. Wish for war. I won't do it if it's anything else. It's like the devil on your shoulder, but it's just the devil. There's no angel. No, it's, well, it's it's a nuclear genie in your mouth. That is the new slogan for Five Gum. <laughs> this is what it feels like to chew Five Gum. <laughs> wish for nuclear war. Do it. That feels like a good place to maybe move on to an unkillable being. The unkillable being. Whenever we're done telling jokes uh, and and run out of fuel, we do this. <laughs> Whenever everything peters out with a frail whimper, we uh we shuffle on over to the unkillable being, who is a creation that we are slowly molding episode by episode. Um, basically, we started out with sort of what you would imagine the the basic person in a character creator in a vi- video game, just like totally blank. Mm-hmm. And then we have been slowly adding qualities uh, episode by episode based on uh, whatever apocalypse was included in the movie in that episode. So we try to come up with a skill that would have helped the unkillable being to survive the apocalypse in that movie. Now, can you tell me what the qualities we have so far for the unkillable being? Yes, the unkillable being so far has... Uh, 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 shit. Uh, I had one job. Fuck. Uh, oh, real quick. And we try. I think we both we both get one quality per episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so we, each episode we add two. And we try to not make it too OP. So we try to figure out sort of like the most basic thing that they. I mean, not necessarily basic, but just like not. We're not going to make them like an expert in munitions or something. I don't know. Uh, unless it's like perfectly appropriate so we try to keep it kind of basic so what are our skills yeah the idea is that by the end of this podcast we'll have a being that could survive any apocalypse thanks to these skills we've gifted it so what it has so far is a pet pug (laughs) basic computer skills hey these are vital to its survival vital these are vital pet pug basic computer skills theater training 25 dollars starbucks gift card Sketchbook and colored pencils and good marksmanship. Oh man, I'm so you know it's a they're a modern liberal arts college student <laughs> at the moment. 
yeah, so I have a thought. I had a thought immediately after watching the movie, which I think I told you by accident because I didn't understand a question you were asking me. Um, but do you have one? We have a ridiculous list of steals. I feel like we should add some legitimately good ones. Do you, <laughs> so Ron, actually... Do you? Or do we want to just keep adding s- silly shit? I'm going to convince you of, of a good one sooner or later. Maybe it's this episode. Right. Maybe it's All the right. next episode. Well, you can do your you, you can do your boring real skills, and I'll say the silly shit that people will get people guffawing and 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 ch- and chortling. Hey, hand on your shoulder. We balance each other out. You, you, <laughs> you have and people... I, we are yin and yang. <laughs> you have people piss their pins out of laughter, and you make our theoretical character actually survive. Okay, so I feel like. There's, there are some skills that our main characters in this film don't have. For instance, Jennifer Lawrence's character notably does not have quote unquote media training, which means that she goes on TV and she like has a nervous breakdown and it means that nobody takes her seriously. I'm down to say that, but I will counterpoint that Having media training really in that world will mean you perpetuate the cycle of indifference, right? Because media training really meant saying palatable things to the public. Mm. Mm -hmm. So you might have people might listen to what you're saying, but I think they'd immediately undermine it and be like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, 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 It's a comment. I see comments in the night sky all the time. Yeah. So I'm down to put that on because, you know, obviously that can be a good thing. But in this world, I feel like that would just fold into the cycle. Yeah. So I, I'll challenge you to see if you can think of something else, but I'll take it if, if you mm. want. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think I got it. I think if we gave the unkillable being a nuclear genie, <laughs> I <laughs> that would solve a lot of problems. <gasps> wait, 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 wait. Ah, I have it. You ready? I'm ready. I have mine, which kind of folds yours in. Okay. So we might have to find you a new one if you like okay, this one. Okay. We give our protagonist a news imp. <laughs> we give the untouchable being a news imp. No, we're introducing sidekicks now. It's it's more like a sentient tool, like the backpack and Dora. Would you call the backpack and Dora a sidekick? Okay, but wait, no, 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 no. Wait, wait. I do remember that as a previous rule, we did establish that it had to be something that could exist within the universe of the movie that we were drawing it from i'm willing to break the rule because it's been a running joke this episode i think it'd be cool if we gave a news imp that kind of defied yeah, the then, rules of the universe but, but then, I, then okay we have to Fine. establish ground rules for the news imp like what are the news imp's powers you don't think that'd be funny as shit for our audience <laughs> <laughs> but now do we establish all the news imp's powers now or do we now have to continue on and also establish the news imp's powers as we are establishing the powers of the unkillable being Listeners at home, call in to 808-524-3329. Press one. If you don't want to have news imp, hang up the phone. Go away. Go to bed. Um, okay, how about this? We hash it out, and if you're satisfied, we say news imp. If you're not, I'd pick a different one. I'm fine okay, with that. Okay, yeah, you have to tell me exactly how having a news imp would have helped them survive the apocalypse oh also good good point all the unkillable being needs to do is survive the apocalypse not prevent it yeah and there were people that did survive the apocalypse in this one although they did get eaten by aliens yeah but that's such a lame way for our unkillable being to survive this one yeah do we really want it to survive because it had enough money or connections to hop on a ship and go to a new no, planet? No, that's lame. I don't want to make the unkillable being fucking a fucking rich Bitch. bastard. Um, okay, is there any foreseeable way that people on Earth could have survived? Like, some, fine, something, I'll table news in for now. Something that could exist within that universe but isn't necessarily in the movie. For example, like a like a super bunker. That's not the answer, but you yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like we didn't oh, see it. Oh yeah, a, no, yeah, you yeah. don't have to see it, I think, in the movie. It's just like conceivably it would exist in that I got scenario. It. I got it, and you're not gonna like Uh-oh, it. Oh, what is it? I it's ridiculous, but I'm gonna really nerf it. 
Okay. So the ability to summon another comet to crash into that one so it doesn't hit Earth. But it can only ever summon one. Ron! It can only summon a comet once. Are you saying I that within it. the Don't Look Up universe, there is the possibility that somebody could summon a comet? We don't have proof oh my God. that Jennifer Lawrence didn't summon the first oh one in the first God. place. Well, we don't have Please show me in the anything. movie. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about when 52 minutes in, Jennifer Lawrence said, come on, guys. It's not like I summoned the comet with my powers or <laughs> And anything. everybody went, that's a really suspicious thing to say. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know, man. I feel like if we start, if we start playing fast and loose with the rules now, then we're going we're gonna to hit a wall. We're gonna hit a wall. If this this thing can summon an entire comet, are you kidding me? Once, once in its whole life, once. Oh my god! Not summons it, like crashes it into another heavenly body. No, no. <laughs> You're like it could not be that. No. It can't be that. Um. Okay, where are you standing on replacing media training or not? You still want it? Well, now I'm not sure if I want it because you made a good point. Um, I think it the way it's got to go, I feel like it's got to go surviving the apocalypse, not preventing it. Um, unless, because like, because that is the major roadblock is fucking Mark Rye boot messing up the whole thing. So how do we, how do we conceivably get Mark Rye club out of the picture well i think the problem with mark rye cat and nine tails is that if we give the unkillable being a power that removes mark rye uzi out of the picture then i feel like that's that's targeted in a way i don't think is beneficial it feels hmm you know what, what i mean do, what do you mean like what would it be like a gun <laughs> <laughs> Wait, sorry. Your problem is that if we did something that would be to take Mark Rylance out of the picture, that would be too targeted? I have no idea who you're talking about. Oh, sorry. Mark Rye Laser um, out of the picture. Right. Okay. That would be too targeted? Well, okay. Maybe I'm having trouble because just I will remind what that might you be. that one of our <laughs> things is a pet pug. Which could only yeah, but... conceivably be useful in the Mitchells versus Machines universe. Okay, that's fair, but I guess the threat. Okay, Mark, Mark, Rhyknife is as much a threat in the movie, but the the apocalyptic threat is the comet. I guess that's what I mean. Well, yeah, I guess. But like, he's the one who throws. If it wasn't for him, they conceivably could have destroyed the comet in the movie. Yeah, but he wasn't like. So you could like you could argue up. that he is the apocalyptic threat in the movie. No, and that it's not no, really no, the comet. No, no, no. Okay, what are you suggesting? I don't know. Trait? I don't know if it's something to mess with his technology or if it's to just like take him out, like a dart gun or something. Um, okay, I'm circling back on yeah. media training. Because I feel like if you if you can make a persuasive enough TV appearance and the president only cares about popularity. No, because Dr. Mindy was already popular and that didn't help. What about this? What if the trait we give them is a Grammy award winning album? Hear me out. <laughs> Ariana Grande has a weirdly long concert sequence in the movie. Yes. And she's written a song called Just Look Up. Yes. And it actually fucking helps. It actually fucking helps. Like people start looking up because she has a platform. Right, Everyone right. likes her singing. Everyone loves, oh, Kid Cuddy. Oh, my God. So that's part of part of this world is your influence. And if you have a Grammy Award winning album, you have a bigger platform than most people. Mm -hmm. And that feels like a tangible thing we can give mm -hmm. the unkillable being. Some grams. 
but she only started have to have, having an influence after it was already too late is the thing i mean everyone failed in the movie right like any that's true, any that's trait true, that's true no 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 instead of a hmm. grammy award-winning album how about just a fantastic singing voice no i'm tired of giving them untangible i want to give them a tangible thing yeah. Are you saying that a that a great singing voice is not a tangible thing, sir? That's how I make my living. This is just a person right now. Yeah, I want to make them a fucking. Oh no, we gotta pace ourselves, man. If you don't accept Grammy awarding album right now, I'm gonna say Comet Gun. I'm gonna say Comet Gun is the only trait I will ever say in this episode moving forward. Comet Gun. I want to give him a comment. I actually like it. I actually like it. I'm not gonna lie. All right, I will compromise on Grammy Grammy Award winning album. Okay, so then Grammy Award winning album could be potentially preventative. So then, what would be the surviving thing? The the unfortunate thing is that we don't know much about like the conditions after the apocalypse. Like the the Earth isn't like completely destroyed. Oh no, it looked completely destroyed, didn't it? Well, then you'd have to get on the spaceship. You'd have to get on the spaceship, but I don't want to make them rich. So how do they sneak onto the spaceship? No, let's stretch our imaginations. What else? I'm Googling. I'm Googling right now. How can you survive an asteroid (laughs) strike? Welcome to Ron and Morgan do a Google. Okay. Okay. It has to to be within the world of the universe. I'm saying we got to get them on that ship. What if they can teleport? (laughs) Hear me out. Okay. Mark Rye Boomerang was the CEO of a prolific tech company. They made fucking space robots that blew apart comets. You're telling me they can't feasibly make teleportation? They have algorithms predicting how everyone's going to die. You're telling me they can't make teleportation? Or a news imp? <laughs> you telling me they can't invent those Ron, things? Those are vastly, vastly different scientific achievements. Oh, Do you I have will... any idea? idea how much further in scientific development it would be to invent teleportation than an app morgan i swear to god morgan you're gonna kill me before this comet kills me and checks watch three months 10 days six years wake up wake up (laughs) i you know this is what i'm realizing our podcast needed conflict between (laughs) us two (laughs) this was the driving force we were were missing can't have a plot yeah, without there wasn't conflict. Enough, there, isn't, there wasn't enough drama. I am the meteor to your Jennifer Lawrence. So I found you. That's kind of sweet. And I'm named after you. Okay, what about an observatory? To see it, to catch it sooner? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe they had more time. They could have done more stuff. I got to stop thinking about the macro for how this will apply in other universes. Yeah, within this world, I think that could help. Well, they had access to an observatory. So, like a better. <laughs> You're like that's an easy fix. A better, right? a better one, about? a better one. Um, fuck. Why is it so hard? This this movie this movie is is more hopeless than I than I gave it credit for. What about just like really good eyes? So you can, huh? so you can see it. Sooner. Okay. So all the said I, all the stuff I said before was bullshit. But apparently, really good eyes is feasible within this world. Eyes, good really good eyes comment. is definitely more feasible than teleportation. I'm sorry, a human Ron. that is able to naturally see a comet. Okay, on all Earth? right, all right. You're like, we've both said a lot of things. Both been saying a both lot, of, a shit. lot of feelings. Okay, Grammy Award winning, winning album. That's in the bag. That's in the bag. Maybe that's we've yours. got one more. That can be yours. That can be All yours. Right, I'm I don't want it, it anymore. Then. I'm taking it. I'm, sw- okay. I'm swiping it. That was a good idea you had. <laughs> so. Okay, let's talk through this. We're in a world where it's fairly normal to ours. There's some advanced tech. There is a comet coming. If you were on, like, how would we survive? How would we feasibly survive? Sneak onto the spaceship. Oh, there's one. What? Like you're, uh, we need to phrase it cooler, but like you're kind of like a rogue. Like you're, you're sneaky. Like you're really good at sneaking. You're a sneaky boy. Yeah, but that's, that sounds so lame. 
And everything else we've done so far sounds so cool. We, I want this thing to be cool. It will be someday. How about this? See, this infiltration is, no, actually, skills. this is the difference. Infiltration this is skills. the essential conflict here is you want this thing to be cool, and I want this thing to be fucking just zoink, just super janky. <laughs> It can be both. I want it. I want it to be able to survive any apocalypse, but not for the reason that you might think. Well, okay, I agree with Sneaky. Why don't we just call it infiltration skills? Infiltration skills. Yeah, because it's not just that they're sneaky. It's like they know silent, how to get into places. Defeat. I could. I'm yeah, Sneaky, a sneaky Grammy Award winning pet pug owner with basic okay. computer skills. Is Grammy Award winning too powerful? See, well, that's what I said earlier, Ron. No, maybe maybe you had a point. Okay, then what's like a Juno Award? They're Canadian. What if they're viral on TikTok? (laughs) Oh, God, I'm making you. We're making you. It's me, the TikTok star. Yeah. Just to have influence, influence in the world, influence on media just a fantastic singing voice so that they could they could potentially record a grammy award winning album successful ep <laughs> what about that <laughs> that's the lowest i'm going final side of that or comet gun <laughs> it's either successful ep or comet gun no no in, in between. between okay successful ep they're on their way. They're yeah. on their way. They'll be best <laughs> new artists at the at the Grammys next year. Yeah. And if not, people will be like, that's bullshit. They totally should have yeah. won. Okay. Successful EP. And been very sneaky. Okay, so we're locking in infiltration skills yeah. so they can sneak onto the ship that survives the destruction. And we're locking in successful EP because that'll give them a platform to reach people and try and persuade them to pay attention. Yeah, I'm down for that. This thing truly is very killable. (laughs) (laughs) Incredibly killable at the moment. But that's the point. We're only four episodes in. Stay tuned next time for our next apocalypse and for our next, uh, the the, the way the unkillable bean grows. It's like watching a baby grow. News Imp says, stay tuned next time. Thanks for listening. Also, don't buy yams. They have dangerous bacteria in them. <laughs>